Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. Speed City. This is John Massengill. That was Jonathan Green and uh, Mr. Les Kaiser's in studio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We got some IndyCar. I think if you watch the seven hours of IndyCar coverage today, you well done, the boys. Yes, <laughs> at uh, NBCSN. I was thinking that too. Lee Diffie oh, and man, the boys. He, he earned his he earned his uh, ten pence today. <laughs> We're going to talk a little about World Endurance Championship today. There's been some a little bit of breaking news that happened on that. A fracas, no less. <laughs> yes. And we also have a special guest who's about to come on the air with us. We have world champion Steve Martin, motorcycle rider. That and guy. we're going to have him on and talk a little moto GP and with, Australian superbikes too. Yes. And uh, we'll talk a little Formula One. There's a couple of stories we got. So we are uh, we're fired up about the, uh, the show tonight. And we hope you are tuned in and got your coffee and ready to go because. We're going to bring on Mr. Steve Martin now. Jonathan, you know Mr. Martin pretty well. I do, and he's about as far away as he could possibly be because he's in Melbourne, Australia, which is way too bloody far. <laughs> so, But it's actually like Monday afternoon, isn't it? Actually, I, actually, I'm glad we got Steve on the show tonight because I need to ask him a favor. So that's good news. All right, You're well, going to ask him for the lottery numbers? Or... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tomorrow's lottery numbers. Steve Martin, old friend and commentator extraordinaire, world champion extraordinaire, both World Superbikes and World Endurance. He's done the lot. Suzuka, you name it. And now commentating, I believe, on all things MotoGP and all things Australian Superbike. Is that correct, Steve? And cover model. <laughs> that's, that's true, yeah. Cover model, I forgot to talk about. Maybe that's where we start. Steve Martin, are you there? He's not there yet. <laughs> he was there a second ago. Where'd he go? I don't know. He's speechless. Uh, in a most peculiar way. You know, the one we're spending about time in front of cameras now. Is, is he going to give up on radio? Is the cover of MC like Ah, there he is. The cover of MCN Australia. Not which, bad. which is not bad. And there's been some pretty hefty names on that cover. Hello guys. Hello Steve, can you hear us? Hello. We got you, buddy. Yeah, sorry I'm a little bit but I'm a little bit behind the times be there for a second by the sound of it. But um morning here and uh up down under uh, after what's been an amazing um, couple of weeks of motorsport for hang us. Hang on, hang on, Steve. We've got we've got some connection problems here. Either that or he's gonna... go, go and stand on one leg or near your hi fi Wi Fi. That's not your Hi Fi. It's near your <laughs> Wi Fi. Can you can you drop and reconnect? That's a that's a technical term. That's a direct direct from the the man upstairs saying drop and reconnect. There we Not go. Like stop, drop, and roll, something like that. Stop, okay, well, roll. for one, if you can make it out, that voice probably sounded familiar, especially paired with Jonathan Green's. There you go. And so, uh, you know, how many years did y'all do 
We did fif- all the motorcycle things. I mean, we did you know. fifteen years of World Superbikes together. Fifteen? <laughs> yeah. Wow. In total, with me and Steve didn't. I I did it for fifteen years, and I had various cohorts. I had to wait until two thousand five six till he retired, <laughs> and it was very interesting because I. I did a really interesting interview with us where he literally spilled the beans and I kind of looked at him in the eye and went, hmm, maybe too much information there, Steve. How about joining me in the commentary booth? <laughs> All right, well, let's see if we got him back. Steve, Steve. Martin, do we got you, buddy? Hi, guys. That's ah, better. Are you there? Much yeah, better. Yes. Much better. Uh, how are you? Good. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. I was just like, I know I was on hot listening to you guys. Dang it. We lost him again. Steve. It's those kangaroos. It's got to be. It's He's got 29 be. kangaroos that live in his backyard. That's got to be something to do uh, with that. That's got to be something. You know, Maybe it's the kangaroos chewing on the wireless. Does well, that happen? Or I don't know. Hopefully we'll get this connection working. But, <laughs> but you know, Steve has kept busy. You know, we used to hear him on the world feed and things like that for this. And But uh, he's always got his pulse on the motorcycle business and the sport itself. It's been doing, as Jonathan said, a lot of the Australian Superbike series covering it. Which is amazing because uh, that's where Steve came up and that's where he sort of cut his teeth, was an Australian champion. But so many of them are, uh, from Troy Bayliss to McDoohan to you name it, uh, Daryl Beattie. And they all come up through the ranks of the, the championship in Australia. And what's amazing is Troy Bayliss who is about the same age as Steve, I may add, <laughs> is still racing in it oh, gosh. this weekend. It's um, I say it with a high voice. It's just, I mean, I thought, I thought we'd done and dusted with Troy Bayliss, but he's still out there. Wow. That's crazy. All right, we're going to try one more time with Mr. Steve Martin here, see if we can get him all the way from Australia. All right, Steve, we got you. Try again. Right. Sorry, guys. A little bit slow down here. It is. You know what it's like down here. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear yeah, you fine. It's now. Monday afternoon. We get it. <laughs> No, it's not. That's that's how far behind we are. It's actually Monday morning. Les. Wow, <laughs> that's how far behind we are down here. Wow. No, yeah. you're ahead. But uh, yeah, no, it's. Um, I did get. It uh, sounds like we get him for just about thirty seconds, and then and Daleks then, out. Whatever. All right. Well, we we may have to try another way. We'll, we'll try here in a minute and see if we can get Steve. Call on. anytime, Steve. We're, we're, we're here. We got a full hour. Anyway, what he was going to say was, no, I, I want to get his take, uh, and we can talk about it a little bit. I want to get his take. I mean, I'm still reeling from that race in Austria in MotoGP, and that's what I wanted to get Steve's take on. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, there's been a changing in the garden. We watched it together, you and I, John, um, and I know Les. We talked about right, this little right. show. It's just the changing of the guard. Ducati seemed to have finally arrived in no uncertain terms with both Dovi and Lorenzo. It's probably too late for Lorenzo, but it just appears that that bike is finally dialed in. I remember saying all those many moons ago, in fact, when we came to Austin and MotoGP's race and Lorenzo was nowhere. In fact, they were already talking about him giving up. And of course he did. Um, Basically at the Le Mans race, which is what, round five? Announced he was not going to be racing. I know for Ducati next year. And I just, you know, and remember that was he was complaining the bike didn't feel right. It just didn't feel solid under him. They wound up changing the tank. They tweaked this. They tweaked that. And suddenly he's at the pointed end. And you know, I'd, I halfway was joking last week when I said something about what if have we ever had a rider at this point go, hey, I my never mind. mind. 
<laughs> Never mind. I'm good. Yeah. I'll, I'll wear red. I'm, I'm solid here. Well, it strikes of a bit of an Alonzo to it, too, because it could have... Uh, uh, let's hope it doesn't... Uh, <laughs> sort of match with the, the sort of downhill slope of Honda because Yamaha are at sixes and sevens at the moment a little bit. Um, Honda obviously still are the team to beat and Ducati have now kind of equal to match them. Well, we're going to try one more time. We've switched one pl- more different time. technology. Different technology. we got Steve on Skype. Let's try now. Mr. Steve Martin, how's it going, buddy? We got you now. Oh, I can hear the animals. Yeah. What was now, that? Now, you guys, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know what sort of bird that is. I've been doing a bit of bird watching while I've been waiting to get connected. But we have tried some different technology. We've gone old school, and um, hopefully it's working now. How are you? I'm very well. What is that? I'm worried for you. You sound like some dinosaur <laughs> in the background. A pterodactyl. Oh. Well, yeah, we've got a lot of, like, dinosaur-type animals. That's just a cockatoo. Just, um, okay, that's a cockatoo. Know, he's having a bit of a go at the ducks. Well, yeah, the cockatoo's having a go at the ducks at the moment, but that's not what we're here I to talk about. I've met a few of those in Australia. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what it's like down here, Jonathan. Yeah, I a do. cockatoo. There's a cockatoo. Well, see, we, we want to get your take on what's happening in MotoGP, man, with yeah. uh, Ducati and Honda. And I mean, we were just talking about how the resurgence of Ducati, and what do you think? Well, I don't know that it's so much of a resurgence of Ducati because they've been doing what they've been doing with um, Davizioso. You know, he's yeah. been there and you know winning the odd one and having a bad result and doing what Davizioso does. Um, everyone's been patting him on the back and being and going, "Oh yeah, like he's done. He's hopeless. No good. He's not going to do anything on the Ducati." All goes fifteenth again. Well, I don't know. He finally started getting out of the left-hand side of the bed. And uh, <laughs> now he's uh, winning. The problem is Duc- Ducati have sacked him. That's a big problem. <laughs> it is a big problem. And, you know, we were just saying, I mean, it's too late, isn't it? He can't go back now and say, actually, I've changed my mind. But it's going to be interesting to see him, if he is brimming with confidence, be teammates with Mark Marquez. And there's only two ways it can go. It can be a triumphant, brilliant season of the two Spaniards going head-to-head and slapping each other on the back like they were last weekend – or it's just going to go hideously wrong as it did with Rossi. Well, they, firstly, at the moment, they're, they're good buddies because they're on different bikes. Everyone's happy. You know, it's, uh, Lorenzo's good. As soon as they get on the same brand of bike, um, you know, they probably won't be talking to each other um, because it's one thing to conquer the Ducati. Um, you know, that's a, a very hard task. But to beat Mark Marquez is almost impossible. But you know what? After seeing what Lorenzo has done with this Ducati, uh, I sort of can't help but think that if if there's one person that can do it, it it's him. Because the way that he's turned it around um, is incredible. He's he's gone from being absolutely hopeless for like a year and a half um, to come back from that and and be so dominant. In fact, they just had a test at Mizano. I don't know if you mentioned that, but. but um, yesterday and uh, it was a, a private Ducati test and once again uh, Lorenzo was the fastest um, by over half a second which in MotoGP terms is um, an amazing amount of time compared to Davizioso so every time that he wins from now on you look to the um, you know you, you get a glimpse of um, all the um, head honchos that Ducati in there clapping but um they sort of themselves up inside because they've made a pretty big mistake by getting rid of him, um, in my opinion. Well, when you say they got rid of him, did, wasn't it both ways? Wasn't it sort of mutual? Well, you know, the rot set in. Uh, 
I think Lorenzo probably would have been happy to stay um, <clears throat> because it, if they did what he said. But they obviously said, well, you know, Davizioso is doing okay. Uh, so, you know, you should be able to ride the bike like that. Casey Stone didn't say much, and they went through that period. Yeah. Oh, sounds like we're, we lost Steve again. Do you think one of the? Do you, do you think one, he's still going. I think he's strangled by one of those birds. I think that's, <laughs> that's right. The cockatoo or the giant? Uh, am I back? Uh, ah, there, he <laughs> is. there we are. He's sort of back. Yeah. Right. They've they've replaced him by Daniele Petrucci. Yeah. Who, uh, I mean, every time you listen to Daniele Petrucci in you know a press conference, his words are, "Oh yeah, you know, I have to ride the bike differently because of my bigger size." Um, you know, he's already making excuses. He's on the same bike. I think Ducati are going to have a pretty lean year next year. What uh, about Honda though? What? How do they play it? Because you know, you you did a fair few teams in your time, Steve. It's never easy. It doesn't matter whether it's the best team out there, Honda, but they've got a kid glove. This relationship, if it's going to work, because this is no doubt about it. Mark Marquez's team. It absolutely is. Um, but what what Honda have to do is they have to learn from Ducati's mistakes. There's no doubt Lorenzo can do it, but they're going to have to pander to him. It might take, if it doesn't happen instantly, it could take a year and a half is what they have to expect. So they have to be humble enough to be able to have him riding their bike for a year and a half doing nothing um, and hope that he comes good without getting rid of him. Now, that's very hard. But when you've got a guy like Mark Marquez who's expected to win the championship for the you know foreseeable future, to have Lorenzo there too, is is not a bad thing. There's a lot less pressure on Lorenzo when he goes to Honda this time around. Hmm. It's going to be point. it's going to be interesting. I must admit, I, I I find it interesting that he gets a year and a half. I seem to remember your career, Steve, where if you hadn't put yourself under the lap record within the first test, you they were looking at somebody younger immediately. Well, that is absolutely correct. And, and when you're breaking your way in, like all the young guys are, which is what I was back then. Um, that is what happens. The issue is that Lorenzo's been there, done that. He's, you know, he's he knows how to win championships. He's won championships in every class he's competed in multiple times. You know, and and he's still only relatively young. He's like thirty-two, I think. So it's not like it's all over for him. So um, he's almost at the top of his game. You know, around that thirty, thirty-two, thirty-five is when the riders seem to be at their best. You know, we think about Marquez is leading the championship and it's going to be really hard for anybody to catch him. But if you look at the constructor and the team championships, they're actually really tight. Constructor, Honda 236, Ducati 208, Yamaha 183. And in the teams, is Repsol Honda 267 and only eight points back, Ducati. And then only another four points back of them is Movistar Yamaha. So, I mean, the championship, yeah. the constructor side is actually wide open right now. You're absolutely right there, um, but the reason for that is it's not actually Honda versus all the other factories. It's the factories versus Mark Marquez because there's mm-hmm. nobody else doing anything on a Honda um, at all. Cal Crutchlow shows his head every now and then, but you know, for one reason or another, um, he can't finish the job off. He probably doesn't have the same machinery as uh, Marquez, but it'd be pretty close. But uh, I mean, you just look at the way that Mark Marquez rides that bike. I mean. He's created a new style. We've spoken about it in the past where 
he rides in a continual crash. You know, that's that's how he rides that motorcycle. He's crashing it in every corner. I know, he even said that to Lorenzo uh, in the press, you know, just before they went out on the podium. He was like, I was sliding. He goes, oh, I thought you were trying to slow it down so, so you know, so you could block me. And he goes, no, I was, wheels were sliding. Well, hey, guys, we need to take a quick break. Hey, Steve, can you stay with us and keep your left foot there and the other one wherever you're getting the Morning. Wi-Fi signal over there? Take your foot off that ostrich. I will. <laughs> All right, well, hold, will. On, hold on through the break, buddy. All right, you're listening to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas. We're talking MotoGP, but we got some IndyCar talk up after this in a little bit. And talk a little uh, World Endurance Championship, too, with Alonzo. A little surprise news if you haven't paid attention to the news in about an hour or so. You're listening to Speed City, Austin, Texas, back after these messages. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Have you ever wanted to be a race car driver? Well, you can at Dirtfish. Handle an all-wheel drive Subaru WRX STI or rear-wheel drive Subaru BRZ rally car at our 350-acre training facility. Learn how to control a car in any situation, on any surface, in any condition. Go fast, get sideways. Get your adrenaline fix by visiting dirtfish.com. Listen to Talk 1370 anywhere with your Amazon Echo. Just ask Alexa to play Talk 1370. Now playing Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Speaking of Mario Andretti, did you see him on the IndyCar coverage yeah. today? Yeah, I did. We'll, uh, we'll talk safety in IndyCars later on. Well, we still have Steve Martin on the line. And Steve, I was sitting there while you were talking. I was going, I couldn't, you were saying this is Marquez against the world. For a second, I couldn't even remember his, his teammate, Danny Pedrosa. I was like, who's his teammate even? It was, <laughs> it's like he, Marquez is, you know, he's just completely put everybody off the radar. Yeah, well, Mark, of course, and Danny Pedrosa is uh, retiring. Yeah. this year so um rather than going out with a bang he's making sure that he goes out <laughs> one piece and uh, to do that he's had to back the pace off a bit you know i, I again i i, I want to it's the same point i've been making the whole time but i still want to get your take on this um danny was a great number two he never won a world title for honda uh, at motor gp level uh, although he did win at the lower level uh, mark marquez like you say has built this team around him but I, I just, you know, I've, we've been looking at Alonso and we've been looking at Ricardo and Formula One and upsettling, uh, unsettling a team. I just can't see how it won't happen to Honda. I'm thinking Honda team is just going to be all mixed up. That's the way it works. Sorry, say that again, Steve. Yeah, I, I don't think so because it will be. 
I think I don't think it'll be an issue at all because I think it will be two separate teams. These teams, yeah. the same as F1, although they appear like they're one team, basically two separate teams in one team. So um, there will be no interaction between them at all. Um, they'll be able to look at the data if they want to between the two bikes and that, but uh, I'm sure that they've got two completely different riding styles. So their setups are going to be completely different. Um, the only time that they'll um, share any action together will be on the track. So um, it's uh, it's great for MotoGP because there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, a lot of talking, a lot of, um, you know, innuendo, sure. a lot more um, drama brought into the paddock. And that's why we watch MotoGP. We love close racing and we love the drama. And I have to say, you know, the Spanish, there's no place bigger than Spain for the love of the sport. And I can't think of any better place than Jerez and Barcelona next year when those two go head to head. One from Mallorca. I mean, they are just two different kids from different sides of the track, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Mark is still pretty young and easy and happy going and you know although he's a multi 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 billionaire millionaire now he's you know it hasn't really got to him yet whereas lorenzo's been around for a while he likes the you know the good things in life and all that two completely different characters he's a good guy but um he doesn't live in the world of reality anymore um and uh I'm really looking forward to them. But can you imagine the crowds they're going to get now in Spain um, next year and around the world and how many people are going to be watching that first MotoGP race next year? Just such a massive coup uh, for the sport, Um, you know, especially now. um, It just seems that Yamaha is struggling at the moment. Mm. Uh, You know, like it's not like it's going to be Rossi and Vinales versus Honda like we would be expecting a couple of years ago. Um, Yamaha need to do something to get themselves back in limelight. Yeah, it's a very good point. I'd love to see uh, Marquez is obviously going to probably 90% chance going to wrap this up, but wouldn't it be awesome if Ducati were to win the team championship? You know, that would, I'd love to see that. Mm. It, it would. It would really be, um, you know, a, a big coup for them. The the issue that they've got, though, is that the only reason they're going to win it this year, I feel now, is as if, um, you know, it's not going to be Petrucci and Davizioso that do the work. Like, Lorenzo now is, is constantly uh, in front. So I think that, um, you know, I think that uh, he's going to be the one. So Ducati are going to have to, like, step it up. Davizioso is going to have to step it up. Up. And I hope that when Petrucci gets in there, that um, he can also take it up a level because, um, it, you know, they're, they're in a bit of a quandary at the moment as to what to do, I think. Well, good, Steve, other I good gotta... news, though. What's that? Go other, for it. Other good news, well, on, on Ducati front is um, just quickly is uh, Jack Miller, young Jack Miller yep. uh, from Australia. Um, Where's that? He will have a much better bike <laughs> next year. What's okay. he getting? Well, it's, it, obviously, it's the place down down under where there's no internet connection. Ah, right, yeah. <laughs> Heard of that. <laughs> so, why, what, so what's he going yeah, so to Are they taking the stabilizers off or what, what are they doing? Well, no, this, the thing is, is that, like, obviously, um, what happens with all these old race bikes is that um, when the factory finished with them, they, they handed them down to the, you know, the, the privateer teams. So Jack's riding around on a 17-model bike at the moment. Uh, which is quite a bit, you know, not as good as an 18. And, like, you know, you never see him on the TV, but he's only, like, um, a couple of tenths of a lap slower. So next year, if he can be a couple of tenths of a lap quicker on a proper bike next year, he could also start, um, you know, doing some good stuff for Ducati next year. So he's one that, um, you know, that 
Ducati have got their eye on for the future as well. Um, and, the, you know, I guess that's the thing that all of the teams are doing at the moment. Yamaha are doing as well. They've got a bit of a junior team going on. And with their Petronas team, they've got a couple of young guys going into that um, team there to to try and, you know, obviously Valentino Rossi's going to have to be replaced at some point. And, um, How you know, dare I guess you swear like that? <laughs> Hey, Steve, i got to ask. You always have your eye on somebody I'm coming so, up. I'm sorry to say it. You always have your eye on somebody coming up from Australia. Who's next to come on to the global stage? Bayless. He's been there. Well, Bayless, yeah, young, young, young Troy Bayless. Uh, <laughs> he is riding amazing at the moment. But How old is he? But I will tell you that there's uh, – he's uh, 49. 49, <laughs> but he just did like – well, we had the Australian Championship here yesterday. He finished second – um, just by a couple of seconds, he led for half the race, but then um, his tyre went off. But uh, it was incredible. Uh, Australian <laughs> Superbike Championship Honda won here yesterday. Um, the up-and-comer, keep an eye. Oh, that's like a, that's a cliffhanger. It's a, it's a suspense. <laughs> one more time, Steve. Keep an eye Billy on what? He's already racing in um, the... <laughs> Say his name again, Steve. Did you get that? No, stay, say it one more time. What? <laughs> Billy Van Erd. Oh, we got it. Billy, Billy Van Erd. I never did heard you, Did you heard me that time? I heard yes. you that time. <laughs> nice, That's nice work. GP. Yeah, once, once, upon, once upon a time, you never would have heard of, um, you know, Pat Miller or Mark Marquez either. But uh, Billy Van Erd is the, is the next young Australian on the way up. He's already in the MotoGP pack. Um, he's 14 years old. 14. All right, Steve. Well, we yeah. are, we're going to let you go, buddy. we got to go to another break here in a minute. But I think we're, we're our internet connection is just about giving us all it's going to give us. Right. Get but, back inside well, before thing, one of those birds it, attack hang you. On. <laughs> just, just quickly let me have the last word. If I'm right. on the show again, don't, don't make me wait through the breaks because I, I just – I want to buy an MV Augusta and I want to go rally car driving now and I want to talk to Mario Andretti, okay? So yeah, sorry about let's that. Let's make okay, that well, Hey, you know, come up here at the end of September. We got the uh, World I'll Rally Cross. I'll take you to Rally Cross. School. Yeah, there you go. We'll put you in one, see if you can go airborne on that, see what kind of wheelies you can get out of them. <laughs> Sounds great, guys. Thank you. All right, thanks a lot, take Steve. Care, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, we'll, Steve-O. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. All righty, we'll definitely have to get what a about podcast with him just to really get it cleared up. What about all the, the wildlife content. in the background? I love it. Yeah, <laughs> and I've been to his house, and I know exactly what he's looking at. He's got this beautiful river. Uh, he built this house on a plot of land, and it, it's it's sensational. Just outside Melbourne, really you know, nice. Crocodile Dundee. He's very similar. <laughs> and he really did. I kid you not. There's a, there's a family of kangaroos lives on the land. Yeah, so I was about to say, he said there's really 29 kangaroos that live yep. on his land. Apparently do- his dog hangs out with them now. Seriously huge. <laughs> I think that's great. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're not going to have any international connections. We're going to have a good, solid conversation with the three of us talking about IndyCar. We're going to talk about uh, WEC and what happened in WEC late this afternoon. You probably heard that uh, Alonzo's team won. Well, hold hold the phone on that, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Speed City live in Austin, back after these messages.
want to drive a rally car? Well, you can a Dirtfish. Get behind the wheel of an all-wheel drive Subaru WRX STI or rear-wheel drive Subaru BRZ rally car at our 315-acre training facility. Learn advanced car control skills on any surface in any condition on our 12 different rally courses. Drift through corners, hammer down straightways, go fast, get sideways, and visit dirtfish.com. The Austin East KOA Campground, just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing in Decker Lake, featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com. This is David Hobbs, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Hey, you guys, y'all heard the uh, ad during the break for uh, Dirtfish Rally School, right? Yep. I was reading Racer Magazine, and they were choosing, they, they talked about the top race schools in the United States. You know, they, they bowled it down to about, to about 10, and uh, Rallycross, I mean, uh, Dirtfish yeah, yeah. was on that list. That I, I've, cool. I, I've been, and, and I have to say, guys, I know, I know they're one of our sponsors, but I, I've, it's immaculate. Um, yeah. From the facility, from the folks that run it, uh, the professionalism, everything about it. Uh, and, of course, you know, as you know, James Rimmer and the Dirtfish folk will be down here in a few weeks' time. In fact, I'm hoping to get James on the show either... Uh, sometime this week or next weekend because we're now, you know, getting excited. I, I saw the hat you were wearing today. World oh, Rally yeah. Crosses are coming. You got it. And I just watched the TV coverage on CBS Sports Network um, about Canada and, of course, uh, Austin. Uh, really excited. We're taking a group of them to NASA. Really excited about that. It was a huge group. They've, they've gone all in. Um, so I'm really, really excited um, and about the whole Rally Cross thing. So we're going to get and- James on and... And that list was the the big boys, you know, Skip Barber, Bondurant, and all that. Yeah, yeah. So they, this was pretty pretty cool to see Dirtfish up there. It is. It's really cool. And y'all, know, uh, did y'all know y'all? You know, I've talked about it. Been being, I went to Skip Barber many years ago, but I didn't realize. You know, they they went under and then resold it, and but they're making a good comeback now. So hopefully, because you know, Skip Barber's it's not too those, late. One of those iconic names in race schools. I just looked down at my shirt to see if I was wearing my Skip Barber shirt. <laughs> All right, let's talk some IndyCar. What a crazy, oh, crazy oof. day. And scary. Scary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's now. You think you can look back a little bit. And and, and uh, I don't know the, the latest update on Wickens, but... Um, the, the, he's gone to Allendale. He's gone to hospital. Yeah, but there, no, there is no update. Then, nothing from, on, from Indy, no. Um, we, you know, as everybody else has heard, I'm sure, uh, it was right at the start of a 500 mile race at Pocono this weekend, uh, with the championship on the line, four races to go championships being led by Scott Dixon looking for his fifth. Uh, but the new upstart is now his third season. They say that, but <laughs> is, uh, Alexander Rossi, of course, he's, and nice Rossi, Ryan, he's got his potential. Rossi led pretty much the whole way. I think it was only but 16 laps, um, that he didn't lead power followed him home. Power is likewise in the championship hump, her, um, hunt. Um, but, uh, Rossi did the business today and that's back to back for the kid from California. Yeah. Really impressive did you, on two completely different circuits. Did you see, uh, the, little segment they did on Rossi yeah. Robin Miller did at the very beginning very of the nice. coverage yeah. Yeah. and just talking about how his path through, you know, trying to get into formula one and essentially saying 
we don't know. You know, he, he didn't maybe necessarily. In fact, it wasn't his best race ever that he won the Indy 500. Obviously, there was a lot of strategy mm. involved in that. But ever since then, obviously, Rossi has proved that he is way more than just that lucky Indy 500 winner. He's a, an incredible race driver. I think it's a lesson to the up-and-coming F3 and F4 drivers that um, a stint over in Europe uh, to sort of round out the edges, get get a, you know, get, a, get get into the deep end, if you like, of the swimming pool and see if you can swim. It doesn't matter. There's only 20, 20 drivers who get to Formula 1. It's almost a, a bit of a joke when you consider how many guys attempt to go that road. Uh, and I actually think a more rounded Rossi arrived at Indy, despite the fact that he hadn't really achieved what he set out to do, which was to make it in Formula One. But that wasn't his, you know, in other words, his talent was always there. And I think he'd had a maturity over in Europe. Not to mention, you know, we've, I, I always think back to that time we had him in studio in about 2012, <laughs> 13, something around there. When he was just, he wasn't, he was still early in his F1 right. days. Developmental. And, he, and he talked about the regimen in Formula One. And I just don't know if you get that. I haven't heard anybody talk about that level of regimen, you know, where they're down to literally measuring mm. portions of food on scales that weigh, weigh grams and the, the, uh, the exercises they did for his neck and then the mental exercise they did. So, you know, maybe. <laughs> I remember, you know, to reiterate that, I remember him talking about being on a stair climber with an activity board in front of him and headphones and they're giving him directions and he's having to do math and respond and hit the activity board accordingly. Mm. And you're still on the stair machine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, There's nothing like the money we, in we Formula One. We used to rub one, our belly but, and tap our head at the yeah, same time. Occasionally. <laughs> but you know, the money in Formula One that allows that level of that depth of training mm -hmm. that, you know, guy he, he does all that and comes over here and shows that that pays off. I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it. Yep. But obviously he had a great race, man. Did you see after the restart, Rossi just pulled away. He obviously had a great car because he pulled away yeah. and really never looked back. Will Power obviously was battling with him there, but but his yeah. car was obviously really fast and he was obviously fast. Hats off to Dixon, sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was only one time that uh, Will Power took him in a, during a pit cycle and came out. But yeah. uh, Steady Eddie, I mean, that's Rossi nowadays, yeah. I think. We see that, and the discipline, you know, when uh, when we spoke to him, Jonathan, after the 500, it was mm -hmm. like, I knew I didn't know, so I just listened to what Herda and, and uh, Andretti were telling him. And so, you know, that's actually a big part of maturity is knowing what you don't know and yeah. letting somebody else take the controls. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Uh, he's a he's a good learner, a fast learner, and very intelligent young man. That's the the point. I actually am enjoying the fact that he's up against the master, literally, in, in Scott Dixon. Five time t titles he's now going for. He's still got the lead, but it's been narrowed this weekend. But again, Dixon did a mature champion job by start. He had a terrible qualifying. By the way, there was rain and all sorts, so they didn't have hardly barely any time on the track. But um, he qualified 13th and made it up to third. So good day at the office for Dixon. Not perfect, but better than yeah. he could have hoped for. I Rossi thought. knocks it down to a 29-point spread there. Mm. So uh, And double points at Sonoma the final round. Three more races to go. Um, and, and it's going to be interesting. And, of course, Rossi now tied Scott Dixon, Newgarden, and I think yeah, that, those are the only two with three wins. Mm. 
And you know, back to back wins. He's got some serious momentum right now. This is well. Let's we didn't really deal with the Wiccan story. We didn't. You're right. Um, let's talk about it. Um, we still. I mean, it's still very scary. It is. We, we don't know what's going to happen. It was here. early in the race. It was literally the second lap. Um, Ryan Hunter Ray uh, Wiccans coming up on him quickly takes the inside line. Ryan Hunter Ray does not want to go high that early um, on an oval, on a, on a triangle oval, uh, because there was nothing up there. There was no rubber up there to grip. So he was trying to stay on his line. Wickens basically got alongside, but then it's such a long straight that uh, Ray accelerated again, was definitely past him, and they just barely touched. But they touched, and then it was horrific. Yeah, it's very. It was crazy to watch, and I actually paused it and you know one framed it at a time. Right. So when he when they touched, Ryan Hunter Ray spun ninety degrees. Mm-hmm. I mean, so so Wickens was coming up on him straight ninety degrees. But the way he went airborne is that the front of his car went over the very front of Ryan Hunter Ray's car and lifted the car. And of course, once that happens at two hundred miles an hour, you know you're you're toast. And so. He, he lifted up and he skated literally the bottom of the car along the edge of the safety wall, right. the safer barrier. And then, of course, as it eased over and the back caught the fence, I mean, it just, you know, they call it the cheese grater because parts started flying like crazy. And then he started spinning in 360s mm. and then landed really hard. Hit. I was watching, trying to think what could have gotten him hurt. And he hit so hard. And it almost you could almost see him sink down in the seat. So he really, you know, hit coming down straight down hit so hard. My concern was the G force. He was doing over two hundred miles an hour when he hit the fence. He then goes into a, a, a spin where that is like the ultimate Twist. carousel. Yeah. Because his then his body is you know his brain is water you know is placed yeah. in water like everybody else and he's spinning probably close to three hundred miles an hour at that point inside the head and the helmet because the car is going so fast and then comes to abrupt halt. That what was my worry that the, the and I'm convinced I'm sure there'll be some swelling. We'll give you some updates when we know it. But we know that the, the report from Kurt Calvin, the press officer or the communications head at Indy, was alert and awake when he left to go to Allendale Hospital, uh, quickly followed by James Hinscliffe, his mate, uh, who went to see him. But um, not a great way to finish your day. And the only other comment about all his condition is it just says orthopedic injuries. So I don't know. And then what does course, that mean? I, I don't know. I mean, I, that, I have no idea, and they're being vague on purpose, I'm certain. But then Hinchcliffe, did you see his, him holding his hands? And I mean both, both hands. Like both wrists hanging and, out. And that was another one where I stopped it and did frame by frame. And it it didn't. It wasn't what I thought. In other words, I thought he was, you were going to see him full both hands on the steering wheel and then it yank it, you know, like can happen in Indy, in a lot of race cars actually, and it just, you know, tear his hands up. I didn't see that, but it wasn't crystal clear. The commentators on television were saying there may have been some debris coming inside the car that hit his hands. But we don't, you know, we don't have an update on that. But – did you guys hear? It could have been Connor Daly. I think it, it was either Connor Daly or, or one of the other drivers that went through the debris field, and he was saying, "I've never seen one like that." It was just, it was pretty crazy watching that car spinning like that, just throwing debris, just three hundred sixty degrees, and and big chunks all over the track. The, the closest I can remember, and, and we were there, uh, me and Les, was Dixon's uh, yeah. accident. Yeah, that that, uh, that was. Similar. <laughs> or sliced off the back of the car. Yeah, yeah. and that, that was just uh, just craziness in the way that goes. But, you know, I want to talk safety a little bit. You know, we have talked safety in so many things, and, and certainly, you know, 
we've lost drivers recently, 15 with Justin Wilson and Dan Weldon back to 11 uh, in 2011. But you go have to go back beyond that to 2006 since we had lost a driver. Hmm. And so the improvement, as Mario Andretti was talking about, there have been leaps and bounds in this sport in improvement, not only of the vehicles themselves, but in the facilities. Everything's going on. You saw that fence, what it did, and how it you know, retained everything. Very little of uh, the shrapnel of the car went outside the fence. Uh, Debris-wise, it actually captured one of the wheels in the fence itself. I saw that. I, I thought that wheel had gone through, but it was it was captured it, by it the fence? It was captured. And so, you know, it, it hasn't been that long ago that most of that would have gone all the way through. And so it, it's, uh, you know, very respectfully done. They have studied so much on that. Uh, is it enough? No, we don't, we don't want to lose anybody. But at some point, I know there was an argument, I already saw it today on some of the social media stuff, is that, okay, so this happened. How are we going to prevent it from happening again? Well, I'm not sure you can, to be honest. Yeah, this there's, was there's a no racing way to incident. Eliminate it completely in the sport. A racing incident, you know. If, if anything, you know, I'm going to say it was, you know, the inside that he rode in the blind spot of Ryan Hunter Ray for too long. You know, and when that happened, obviously it was. I don't think it was Ryan Hunter Ray's fault at all. No. And, and there was he left him room. Yep. And it almost just looked like he lost the Wickens lost concentration for just a split second. I, I don't know well, if because it didn't look like he was still trying to race him at that point. I, I think he found himself in no man's land. I, I think he wanted to make the move. Ray accelerated again, and he found himself. It could have been aerodynamic. Yeah, he, he, he was well, in a position to stay where he was, but then he needed to get out of it because Ray had to come down. To me, the positioning he had from the bank to the apron in that position, Wickens was not going to maintain his trajectory, and he was going to have to give. And I think... He was going to get Ryan Hunter Ray no matter what. And, you know, ideally, hindsight, I'm sure he's got other ideas when he gets a chance to look at it and think about it. I would have rather have seen him back off and give another quarter car length and be obviously yeah. clear. Especially on the second lap. Yeah. That's what – that was it's Ryan Hunter's – Yeah, Ryan Hunter's problem with the whole thing was, come on, guys, it's a 500-mile race, you know? Yeah, it was just too too early for that aggressive of a move – uh, I mean, I'd, if I was in that spot, I hope I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but I know what you mean. I, you know, hey, hey, I'm in this spot. I can barely handle the microphone. Two things <laughs> I want to get out tonight or I want to discuss tonight. One is Alonzo. The other is Santino Ferrucci. Yes, we uh, let's look at the time. We got, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll talk about all of that in the last segment because we're going to talk IndyCar Dakota. That's been a little bit of a story. We're going to yeah. talk, Ooh, uh, we're going to talk uh, the breaking news in the last hour about... Uh, what was a win for Alonzo and is now an American win. And wah, that's wah. right. Now it's an American. You got to stick for that. So, all right, stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Hey, beer people. It's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. 
Oh, Celis doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Celis White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Celis, Austin's original craft brewery. Ambi Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Ambi Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Ambi Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere with the all-new Radio.com app. Check your phone's app store or visit Talk1370.com slash app. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Hey, last week we talked about a car night here in Austin, and Les, you got an update on that. Yeah, yeah, I got, and, and you know, uh, hey, Is thanks Jeff to... coming? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's still debatable. But, <laughs> Never. Uh, hey, yesterday morning, thanks to the Ferrari crowd, got invited out to breakfast with the regional Ferrari crowd, saw lots of beauty things, and uh, we talked about what next event's coming up, and certainly uh, you're going to see your share of Ferraris. This Wednesday night, amongst all cars, all brands, all denominations, all nationalities, whatever you want to call them, come on out to Cellus Brewery here in North Austin, August 22nd, Wednesday, from 6 to 9. We'll it's going to be a fun, uh, yeah. you know, big mix of cars. Uh, some of the personalities that are coming, I'll, I'll say, uh, you want to come. There's some interesting uh Well, Les is going to be there. Speed City's going to be there. Oh, well, that's, yeah. that's all you And need. I don't mean Adla. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm not running for that office next. <laughs> all right, let's talk about this story with uh, NWAC, uh, FIAWC. Yeah, so because the headline this morning when we all... Woke up to know, the good news that Fernando Alonso <laughs> was winning again. And in fact, it was going to be their third in a row, a, a Toyota 1-2. The sister car, uh, or the number one car, should be really, but uh, they were first and second. And it was, yeah, another win for Alonso. But they fell foul of the rules. Tell us more. Yes, they. Uh, the front part of the skid block deflected nine millimeters under the specified load on both sides of the skid block. That's the quote. In other words, they had this load test they put on them. They and hit the skids. They hit the skids. And they've revoked the win. And who does it hand it to? It hands it to Gustavo Menezes <laughs> from uh, USA. All right, Superman. That's right. Superman. <laughs> There's a joke behind that. Yeah. First time we ever saw him, he was had a Superman suit on, essentially, yeah, right? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's one of those uh, technical things. They've got it in so many of the racing series now that uh, they'll have a wear rib, for instance, on the bottom of the car. If any of it reaches, if, if any of it is scrubbed down so the rib is shorter than a specific dimension, that, too, is a disqualification point. So uh, just yeah. one of those things you got to manage, uh, even though you sure want ground force, you want, uh, or down force, 
you want the ground effects, you want everything going on and working right, but you got to protect that rib and make sure it's at the right height when you get home. Man, we should have uh, tweeted at Gustavo, because remember we did that one Sunday yeah, night while we, were, while we were on the air, we tweeted him, and then he called us, right? There. I know, it's brilliant. Of course, I'm not sure he's, as, as, I'm sure he's excited about a win, but winning that way is not the most exciting, but, no. but I'm sure he'll take it. All right, so what else? Well, well, let's, know, go, let's, go, let's carry on with Alonso. Alonso, exactly. Okay, because obviously we now know uh, that he is not going to be doing Formula One, although he hasn't closed the door completely. Uh, there was a good story about Jensen Button saying, no, he still thinks he, thinks he might come back. And I think he might, actually, just as a, as a swan song, just like Michael did, Michael Schumacher. Uh, anyway, he's leaving Formula One, no big surprise there, and he's coming, we hope, to Indy. And I say we hope because I think that is going to be a great home for him. He's got he wants the triple crown. He wants to win Le Mans. He wants to win Monaco, and he wants to win the five hundred. He came very close last year, um, and was leading. McLaren. How many laps? Yeah, he led uh, yeah, he led most most of the race. Um, unfortunately, surprise, surprise, the Honda engine let him down. Um, <laughs> that's one of the stories that come out this week, though. Is he is doing a test, and the the hookup between McLaren and Andretti was supposed to be, you know, a, a match made in heaven. But not everybody's actually convinced of that, uh, especially Honda. Uh, I think they didn't, thought, they didn't finish on good terms. Um, so, and Honda are supplying a lot of engines to Indy at the moment and to the 500. So there is a possibility that he could be an add-on to Andretti's team with a Honda engine. And there has been talk about him being a separate team under the Andretti logo oh. with a Chevrolet engine. Which I find hard to believe, because how do you disseminate the information, and how do you Firewall remain? It, yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I can't believe Andretti could have both engines. That would be way too of an advantage. There would be a lot of data there that everybody would want to be sharing. So, yeah, one of the things that was interesting is uh, the good doctor there reported that he is going to testing, mm-hmm. but he cannot. Bar, right, right. He can test in a Honda, but it cannot be a spec. A, uh, it cannot be identified as McLaren anything on the vehicle. Huh. Why not? I don't know. Some contractual something or another there. So he's in a Civic. <laughs> RS. <laughs> I, think he should come, I think he should do the rally cross. <laughs> I think he's getting not in the after the well, Did you guys see that NASCAR tweeted at him? <laughs> come, on, yeah, come and join us. Hey, why not, man? Hey, I tell you, in all seriousness, though, it will do. So, it's a shot in the arm, though, for Indy and for global racing. Full stop. Uh, it just shows you how far Indy have come back, and I mean back. This is uh, they've been la- likening this to Mansell's move in '92 when Mansell couldn't get a drive and was f- getting fed up actually uh, of Formula One, but was right at the top of his game. He quit Formula One and went to Indy, and of course became a huge sensation overnight uh, at Indy. Uh, I mean, those are that's a long time ago now for for, for mm. people to remember, but he he did. And I think this will make a bigger Ferrari than any other because Alonso, there's no question there's unfinished business. Uh, and all right, besides his skid marks today, um, you know, he's right at the top of his game. Um, so Le Mans winner, Monaco winner, and, you know, only the 500 to do for the Triple Crown. Yep, it's going to be really fun to watch this. Um, speaking of IndyCar, uh, we got to talk about this story. I mean, yeah. I, we've been talking about IndyCar coming to Coda. And in fact, I don't even like to talk about it anymore because my hopes have been up way too many times. So, uh, but this looks like there's could actually be some some legs to this story. Well, because- what I don't understand, 
Tell me this. I thought that, what's his name? Gossage. said, no way, over my dead body, blah, 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 will another race continue. Well, he's under Does life support. Change? He's that- under life support. <laughs> and so, uh, no, from, from what I understand, contracts are uh, going through the cycle, and that uh, that is a neg- negotiation point. And so we shall see. Some of the uh, discussions, as I understood it, the reason we saw Indy cars in Houston, for instance, was that that was not a permanent structure, and uh, they didn't consider it a direct conflict or, or you know competitor. Either way, you know what? I'll watch IndyCar on a course, on a road course, yeah. or I'll watch it on a street course. I really don't care. Uh, I want to see IndyCar another one besides the giant super speedway in Fort Worth there. And well, I think Eddie Gossage has a reason to feel threatened, to be quite honest. You know, we've been talking about... Why? Because, it, be, because it, I mean, we, we're hearing San Antonio as well as a street circuit, um, but so, obviously Circuit of the Americas is the obvious place. Sure, sure. I had uh, dinner last night with C.T. Hancock, who ran the Indy Lights at San Antonio Grand Prix in 1990. And they said it was a wonderful course. It went around the Riverwalk area, went around the <laughs> Hemisphere Arena, uh, all of those areas yeah, right well, now. Well, they're not those bricks off the Alamo. That way they won't ever come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. That was it. But Phil <laughs> uh, Collins sent them a bill. <laughs> it was it was a good it was a good course, and that was something that he enjoyed. He said, you know, it's it's one of the better courses. It was scenic. It was cool being there, and and uh, uh, you know, joking, but it was a block from the uh, yeah Alamo, and it was very I, historic. I, I great thought crowd. It'd be a great, yeah, great venue. It was a lot of fun to to be there. There were good views, all of that. I think, you know, having been a spectator and a season ticket holder at Texas World's Texas Motor Speedway, age is showing, Texas Motor Speedway. I did the same thing today. <laughs> that, honestly, I kind of got bored at watching just different flavors of cars going around a super speedway. Two things make me think, and I said this to you today, about the possibility of making this a reality. One, I did an interview with Mark Miles uh, two years ago. Now. Mark Miles of? Mark Miles, who is the head of the home IndyCar. group, of the IndyCar, basically. Yeah. Uh, and said to him, he did, a, he did a press release or a press launch, actually, for Boston. If you remember, it didn't happen in the end. Uh, they were going to go to Boston, do a street circuit in Boston. And he said, we're looking to expand the franchise in the next couple of years. But we are looking for a temperate climate to race early in the year. February, March, that time. And I literally and spouted out, well, hey, come on down at Austin. You know, literally being a bit, you know. Silly. Well, Cheeky. but not, yeah, but, 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 serious, but half but serious. Not, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm dead serious. February, March works absolutely fine at the time of year. It well, kicks that- off the season. It doesn't get him Gossage's way because his race is in June and it's a very different kettle of fish, as we say. It's a speedway. Um, this is a purpose-built F1 circuit. And I do think, you know, if uh, Indy continue their form of going to most of the iconics, the Mid-Ohio's, uh, Pocono, uh, and they're looking at venues to go to and audiences to go to. I also think that the that I've been to the Texas Speedway event, and I'm not so sure the crowds were as big as they used to be for that event, for that Saturday night event in June. It's hot. Um, and, you know, we've seen from the X Games coming here, you've got to get the timing right. And yeah. I just wonder whether... Uh, an early season, kick off the year. That is the date. Start in by Florida. The way. Okay, start they, in Florida, New mm-hmm. St. Petersburg, et cetera. Uh, Texas could fit in there nicely. Um, that's and the, I think that's it, the date that's thrown around. Is it late February, early March, is what the rumor is. 
And, and the, all the stories that I've seen are saying that they are well down this road of negotiating with Coda, that it's not yeah. – that, that it's this looks like it's close to a done deal and that Eddie Gossage is now – you know, maybe begrudgingly or whatever, but is agreeing. And it, my guess is there may be some money's involved in there that it's either less money to him or it, something. I don't it, know. It is an obvious place for the expansion of IndyCar, especially now Andy is back on the up and up. No question about it. Um, you know, we've got young guys uh, coming through the ranks. Um, it, I just, you know, it's just if you look at all the other places they could go to, you've got to think of Austin's got to be on the list. And you know what? Think about this, guys. Think about we've complained that getting Austin to be a motorsports town has not gone as quickly as we'd all hoped. Right. <laughs> Understatement. And if we got IndyCar here, I think that could move I, I the agree. needle. It is know? truly an American sport. And the, I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right here. I am the foreigner, but you're right. Um, I think it does need a, a full-blooded. We've got Trans Am coming in here in November. I hope you all come to that. We'll be in full, thr- full, full throng and full voice with the Speak boys American. from Speed City. That's American. Hell as you yeah! Get, man. I think I'm going to get Willie T. Ribs on. And, and you, you, everybody, you're, you're listening to Jonathan right, and he's joking about being a four. He is the voice of Trans Am. I don't know I why you're giggling because <laughs> it's such an American sport. But anyway, I love hey, it. And by the way, talking of which, next weekend I will be at Road America with guess who? Bill Elliott will be doing the Xfinity. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he was spotting for his son when he won. And also, guess who else is racing uh, in the Xfinity? Fernando Alonso. No, Daly. Okay. Connor Daly. All right, guys, we got to wrap it up, but make sure you tune in. Check out our website because we, as you probably know if you're listening, we do a Formula One pre and post show every Formula One weekend next Sunday morning, bright and early. Check out our website, Speed City Broadcast, to find out the times and where to listen and all that. Because we are back in season for Formula One at Spa. It's going to be very exciting. All right. And also check out our website, Speed City Broadcast, for all the latest. We've got, uh, we've got interviews, other content throughout the week, our SoundCloud account, Facebook, Twitter, all the rest. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks to Steve Martin for coming on the show. Talk to you next weekend. Let's See take you. a spa. There you go. See you Wednesday night at Celis. Ciao, y'all. There you go. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.